you right out of my life. Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Reno-based jazz vocalist CeCe Gable. We had a long, wonderful conversation about her well-lived life in music, her new 2022 CD, next year's song, COVID Life, and so much more. Next year's song was written during the pandemic when everything was interrupted, and as the world reopened, she went to New York to record with an all-star lineup of Alan Broadbent on piano, Harvey S. on bass, and the great Matt Wilson on the drums. She's originally from Ohio and now lives in Reno, where she has been a guest artist with the Reno Jazz Orchestra, Reno Philharmonic, the Reno Pops, and Carson Symphony. Over the years, she has performed throughout the U.S., Europe, and Japan. Enjoy the story. As we get in here, first and foremost, I want to thank you for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. Oh, that's so nice of you. I want to thank you for even wanting to do it. I really appreciate that. So hopefully, after all this COVID is under control... I guess is what we have to say is going to be under control. We can go back to maybe performing live in places. It's been really devastating that way. Are you, are you a musician also? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I mean, I can mess around a little bit on the drum kit, but I just, I observe it from behind the microphone. Uh-huh. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. We have observers. <laughs> what would we I, do I, without I, observers? Right. Well, and I do so many other things. I write, I paint, and I get really close to art. But one thing I just don't want is I just want to kind of leave music a mystery. And seeing it from my end is kind of the way that I can do that. It's one of those goals in life for me. Great. And I guess you kind of already hit upon a point that I was getting to with your brand new album. It's the fact that the world's opening up. So with next year's song, it has to be relieving to be at a point where we can't actually perform this live. So talk to me overall about the feeling of releasing this right now and under the context of what we've lived through for the past few years. Next year's song was originally a collaboration between Harvey S. and myself. We wrote it during COVID. We were back and forth about it, trying not to be too depressing and try to find the words that were uplifting and hopeful and finally, we hit on it. That's what we came out with next year's song as a single, actually, during the holidays. It did really well. We we're very happy with it. Hopefully, it reached a lot of people in their hearts and minds and that they have something to look forward to through music and expression and just being together, finding the humanity that we all missed for the times that we were in lockdown. So we titled our CD next year's song with that in mind also. So it is the first cut on the new CD. So I guess the other part of this is that, you know, during this time of self-reflection and being kind of away from humanity for so long, what did you learn about yourself during this time that maybe you didn't realize before that will make you even a stronger person as you get out and promote this new album? That's such an interesting Thing to think about, and I probably would not have delved into myself that much if I hadn't been forced to live in lockdown. I was surprised that I could maintain somewhat of a determined, positive attitude despite all the negativity, despite the tragedy. It did get to me. I mean, we all were appalled by everything happening to people. The image that I kept having were, the images were the 
two people holding hands in a hospital bed as they were both passing away. That was so hard to get out of my mind. But then, you know, the people who are on the front lines who were able to work through all of that with the determination that they had and the the care for other human beings beyond themselves was really um, inspiring. What I gained for myself was to know that I have a community of people around me that are willing to help and that I'm willing to help in any way that we can help each other get beyond the uh, scope of the the tragedy, the um, relentless pain uh, that we are able to find support with each other and and that care and love that we have for each other is is really there. It really came to the forefront so many times. You're originally from Ohio. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood, some kind of musical influences and how this, this music became your life. I did grow up in Barberton, Ohio, and I came from a family of people who loved music and I had a lot of uh, my mother's records uh, playing all the time. My my dad played the accordion, which I still love today. I, I love accordion jazz. I love tango accordion. I, I love the sound of an accordion. When I hear an accordion, I feel like the party is about to begin. Um, so I had a lot of musical influence in American music, American jazz, and also Serbian, Slovenian, Croatian music, which is the family background I, I come from, that root music of Yugoslavia. And I think the um, rhythms and the the sounds really grabbed me at an early age. And I wanted to play the trumpet when I was a kid, so I did. And I was really into playing the trumpet, and one of my favorite songs to play was a Melancholy Baby, because I loved listening to Harry James play. And I was probably kind of a weird eight-year-old, but uh, it did allow me to learn how to read music at an early age. So I had um, a good foundation in understanding what the music was about. I never thought I would sing. That was something that was totally not on the radar for me. Who were some influence, specific albums or musicians that made you really, you know, kind of find your own voice and to motivate you? I can tell you that uh, the first accordion I heard that did not play polka music was Art Van Damme playing jazz. He played Skylark, and it was uh, taped in a church in New York City at midnight. And I later met Art Van Dam, who told me that that was a very momentous concert that they gave at that recording in New York. So I have to say Art Van Dam really was a big influence in jazz. And, and also I started listening to uh, Wes Montgomery, loved his music. All the uh, singers, Billie Holiday, Ella, I loved Betty, Betty Carter. When I moved to Reno from Vermont, I actually lived in Vermont for quite a while. 
I moved to Reno, there was a happening scene here. All the musicians were playing everywhere. They were show musicians who decided to stay in the Reno Tahoe area. And I would just go and listen to them. I, I knew all the songs. I knew the melodies. I, like I said, never thought that I would be singing. So I didn't pay attention to words so much. And now the words are so important to me. What was the first stage that you hopped on and performed where you were just kind of bespeckled by it? It was a big deal, and you're like, wow, I've arrived. I was in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Jazz Society performing. Uh, I remember exactly that moment where I was transported singing, I got it bad. I, I Something just came over me, and I was gone. I was in that moment. I've had that experience again after that, but that was the first time. What is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? What motivates you every day to do what you do? I'm motivated by developing whatever potential I have. I'm motivated because I love the study of music. I love being around musicians, most of them who know so much more than I do. I love the camaraderie. I love rehearsal. I like creating. I uh, enjoy that communication that we always have. Without that, life would be just dull and boring, and I can't imagine myself doing anything else but music. And I hope that I'll be able to do it for as long as I live. That's the name of the song also. You know, the, the interesting thing I was thinking about, you were talking about the frontline workers and during this pandemic, can you imagine how bad it would have been if we didn't have art, like whether it was visual, TV, movies, or music? I mean, I see a level of, of musicians being frontline workers because that really did save a lot of humanity while we were going through this. Music is so important. It's such a healing thing that we maybe take for granted in our lives, but you can affect the attitude of so many people by the music that's playing or by what music is created for a special occasion. It cuts right to the heart. It goes right to the brain, the mind, the body, the soul. It is so important to keep it going. And and even when we were depressed about what was going on, the music that we can create during those times when we're upset is still beautiful. It's an expression of what we're feeling, and, and we can't let go of of what we're feeling anytime, whether it's good or bad. I mean, the the pain that we feel right now at war in Ukraine is expressed beautifully by people singing um, and creating um, works of art that are getting out the pain. Uh, you know, they're expressing the pain so that it doesn't stay inside. I think it's so important to have that self-expression in, in, like you say, painting, writing, music, whatever it is that you're doing to express the soul is so important to help other people understand that they can do that too. So let's say you have a dream tonight you run into the younger version of you around the time that you were getting ready to head out to be a professional. And you could give yourself, your younger version, one piece of advice based on what you've accumulated with your wisdom over the years. What would you tell your younger version? Oh, Joe, that is a great, that's a great question. <laughs> I haven't really thought okay. about that, but 
If I were in my 20s now, I would pay attention to the little things in the back of my mind that were curiosities, like uh, people saying to me, you have a good voice, you should sing. Or, why don't you come to New York? I think you could work there. I didn't do those things in my 20s, and I didn't do those things in my 30s, and it wasn't until my 40s that everything clicked. By that time, I was in Nevada, and fortunately, I was surrounded by many wonderful musicians who took me under their wings and taught me things that I needed to know to become more professional in what I wanted to do. And so I think I would pay attention to those little bells that are ringing in your head that say, hmm, maybe you could do this. Maybe you should go try that. And then try to find people right away to uh, work with who um, are going to develop that into something more, that, that see your potential. I think I'm a teacher, and my, my most important goal for my students, for me with my students, is to develop their potential, to see that they have potential, and that the sky's the limit. Just keep going. I mean, why would you stop? Why Why would you ever stop? When people say to me, why are you making another CD? I'm like, well, because I love the music and it's fun and it creates a, a new version of something that might be considered something that's already been done, but with a twist, you have a new version of it. I I like that creativity. I, I like developing creativity. I like... Um, being in a situation where new things are happening all the time, and that always happens with music. There's always something new to be done. Simply put, why do you love jazz? Jazz for me is the opportunity to be creative and uh, improvise on uh, old material to bring it to a new sound. I, I think about this a lot because sometimes I listen to music and right away the rhythm doesn't appeal to me or the uh, energy of the music is not what I want to hear. But as soon as I turn on a jazz radio station, I'm like, ah, yeah, that's what I want to listen to. And form an improvisation that, that appeals to me when listening to jazz. Well, and I think that's kind of the thing that a lot of people get baptized into jazz. It's almost kind of this mysterious orb that you fall in love with, and you just it's a feeling that you have for the rest of your life. If you love it and you hear it, it instantly soothes you and makes you feel comfortable on this planet. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yes, exactly. Um, well, is there you. anything you want to ask me about any of the songs or the arrangements or any of that? This is the thing I try to do on my podcast, probably, probably it, with my interview series. I like to approach this as though you're on a jazz set and you're doing a gig, but I'd like to get to the heart of the person. So I do have one more question for you, and I guess I got two. Ultimately, what do you hope the listener gets from this album? What do you want them to feel from this artistic expression? Well, these songs are all songs that I love, and I'm pleased that the arrangements are different from the way you may have heard them before. That is a big comfort to me, because I think taking these beautiful songs from the American Songbook is important, because it's our history. It's what 
we came from musically. Broadway produced these songs, and jazz musicians were able to create new new sounds from these songs. And uh, I I love that feeling when I listen to these songs. There are some songs like Two for the Road. I think it's uh, very peaceful and um, a song that I enjoy listening to. Beautiful bass solo by Harvey. Uh, the instrumental uh, solos are all gorgeous. Uh, there's a song, the song Moments Like This, which I did with Alan Broadbent, was a totally magic moment. It was supposed to be a trio. And it was just a song that we went into run through because we hadn't done it. And it was the first take. It was the only take. And that's the way it is on the album. Uh, moments like this. Beautiful, beautiful playing. Alan, you, you know Alan Broadbent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's done so much. And he he's so artful in his approach to music. That was a moment for me that I uh, really enjoyed. And uh, I think uh, that really kind of cuts to the core of what music is. It's like it gets to your heart. It gets to your soul. I know I keep saying that, but that's really what it is. I'm not a singer who goes over the top. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of pyrotechnics. That's not my way of singing. I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, quiet. I'm a quiet person in general. But singing is a very meaningful to me and that the lyrics are important to me and telling the story of the song is important to me. So I hope people enjoy the story of the song and the beauty of the music. So my final question to you is this. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, your students, but ultimately you live your life. Who do you think you are? I am happy with who I am. I am a person who has worked very hard to develop my artistic side, which began actually right after I graduated from college. When I was in college, I thought it was important to be academic and to pursue these things that were along the lines of what everyone else did. But as soon as I got out, I went back into my artistic side, which is also in visual arts and um, music and dance. And so from that time to this point, I have steadily worked and studied and developed, again, what I feel is very important to develop the potential that you have to uh, do the best you can do in whatever it is. And for me, it's to develop my um artistic side and specifically music. That's my perception of myself, that I, I have been doing this uh, for a long time. I am very happy doing it. I'm happy to share what I've learned with other people and to share the music that I've been able to create with other musicians. So I'd say I'm basically a happy person. I can see that. Absolutely. Cece, thank you for opening up. This has been wonderful. Great to get to know you. Thanks for opening up about your life and music and the new album. I appreciate it. So you are so good at this. I really enjoyed talking to you and about all of the things that are going on in your life, too. And I wish you all the best with everything. And I hope we'll have a chance to meet sometime. 
Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest singers in Ohio, Reno, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to CC for her time, graciousness, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And for everything Joe Domino, go to joedomino.com. And if you feel like it, you can donate a few bucks to the Neon Jazz cause. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. I'll cry. Neon Jazz.